evening. Good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Kent Maddox podcast, What I've Been Thinking. Obviously, I'm not Kent Maddox. I'm Matt Hobson. I'm on staff here at our church. I'm filling in for Kent this week, and we have a very special guest, uh, somebody that we met uh, while we were doing All in Alabama, James Nesbitt's here. He's a prophetic artist, prophetic worshiper, and just prophetic insights all together, and I uh, would love to just glean a little bit of information from him today. If you don't know um, what we did uh, with All in Alabama, just to kind of give you a little background, last year in a service someone said there'd be a man that would rise up and go to every county in the state of Alabama. And when he went to all 67 counties releasing the fire of the Holy Spirit, that God would release the wind and something would shift because Alabama would come into alignment with what God is doing in the nation. Mm -hmm. And so we did that in 2020 this year. We went to every county in the state of Alabama with the purpose of releasing the prophetic words that were spoken over the state, praying for every government leader that would meet with us at the city gates, releasing Psalm 24 that the King of Glory would come into that county, and then had a Holy Ghost fire service where we released the fire of Holy Spirit over every county. And so we, we culminated that and just ended up in Texas with Chuck Pierce who originally prophesied that Kent would take fire teams to these gates of the cities. And so in just a short time from January until just last month, we went to all 67 counties, did what we felt like God called us to do, and we felt like something shifted and we came into alignment with God's purposes, not just with the state of Alabama, but maybe the entire nation. So, James, welcome to our podcast. Uh, would love to get your insights. You were with us up in uh, Lauderdale County, I think, at Grace House yeah. at one mm -hmm. of the all-in services, and we just mm -hmm. saw you again in Texas. But then last week you showed up here out of the blue. Maybe you could start there and just talk about what brought you here last week to meet with Ken and how did all that take place? Yes, well, when I was sitting in the meeting in Texas and I heard uh, what had, you know, I, I heard the vision that Chuck prophesied about Alabama and about Kent, uh, but then at, on the completion, as what happens anytime you complete things, there's more light because of the completion. So I was sitting there, I saw an image uh, of Alabama uh, and, and because of the obedience of going to all 67 counties, I saw Alabama as a, a gear uh, that's turning now. And I think Chuck even prophesied that it's, a, it's a, like a prototype right. that's going to cause the nation to shift. Uh, first, I think he, he's, he, when we were on a journey last year uh, up to Alaska, and then we went to Arizona, and I believe it's in uh, Arizona where I ran into the Chuck word I had never heard okay. about Alabama, Alaska, and Arizona. And so Chuck said, you know, that Alabama was going to be the first to experience revival, and it's going to turn the nation as a prototype, like you just said, but that uh, there was going to be a glory uh, explosion in Arizona and then Alaska was going to stop the enemy in his tracks. I believe something like that might not be exactly. Okay. So now those three states turning together, you know what I mean, I think is a tremendous, uh, when things start moving like this, it, it might seem like things are moving slow for a long time. But all of a sudden when the gears start moving, they move. <laughs> uh, last year, the Lord formed uh, a group with us and a man named Ed Watts and Anthony Turner uh, called Two Fathers and a Flamethrower because he said he was dealing with three full cord structures in the earth. So we've been going where he sent us to do that. Uh, and, and, and it's because of the threefold union 
that brings another order and power into a region. But now, Alabama, Alaska, and Arizona, that's turning planetary gears at a whole other level in our nation. So now, even as we're ending this new year, you know, uh, Alabama's in position. It took you guys a year. A lot, it took a lot longer than that. Sure. But last year, <laughs> it, it was a it was an online charge to get to all 67 counties yeah. and, and, and to bring what Father's vision was to pass. And yeah. you did that and did a good job. But now this year, uh, we're going to see, and, 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 and God's going to show you where to go, as Chuck prophesied, these fire teams coming out of Alabama. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and even today as we were worshiping, there was a lot of fire that Father was wanting to released all and I believe it is being released all over Alabama now but because of what you guys carry and are turning uh, all the other governmental places in Alabama these ministries that have been struggling mm. I believe now because what you're doing is going to help them out of the struggle into the fullness of the new day into a freer turning yeah you know what I, mean? I love the and we'll talk a little bit more about it in a second but while I was thinking about it the imagery of the planetary gear that's what it's called correct because yes. um, I felt uh, I went to those counties this year and I felt like the biggest it, obviously prophetically we were doing something by releasing what we were supposed to carry to each of those counties but to me the most significant thing that we saw was the um, the wheels start turning for these yes. pastors yes. and worship teams and congregations that I hate to use the word dead but just kind of maybe in a holding pattern mm -hmm. waiting for something to come and kind of unlock them yeah. and so to me the biggest significance other than just releasing the mandate that we were supposed to do was seeing these pastors come alive with the possibility of yeah. this could really be moving forward and so you see those gears not just turning prophetically but you see their their gears turning of what can we do now with this you know yeah. with this whole new church age see a part of it was is, is they've been working under that region for so long and and, and you can become uh, the shadows can kind of overtake your thinking <laughs> that you don't even know of overtaking them but when a light from another source comes and it can break through that power that principalities or uh, you know plan mm -hmm. to actually check that pastor and cause him to be in a froze or even sometimes it's not respect but it's the people yeah you know that live in that region and so what you guys are doing and, and I think we're just beginning to see the, the beginning of it and I even think this house that we're in I think what you guys are beginning to do now is on purpose you have a, even a gathering in the mornings that's turning and owning things that you have no idea as of yet how powerful it is nor it will become because you're just stepping in to the depths of the water uh, and you're going to get really deep here, I believe. <laughs> yeah. You used a slide today. If you guys uh, will reference it in the show notes, but you can go back and watch the service that you were with us in today because you used a slide on there that I wanted to focus on when you were talking about that. It, it was making my own gears turning, the one on honor. Yeah. Because you see a lot of these churches, especially in our area, I mean, we have over 450 churches just in Calhoun County. Yeah. And you can see the competitive nature and the jealousy and all of that, you know, kind of come to fruition when you're trying to do different projects together. But I love what you said today about if you can view each of those churches, each of those members as gears and, and just the honor that goes along with it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, you know, honor 
unlocks glory. Well, how do I, is that scriptural? Well, when Adam was in, in the garden, he was clothed with glory. And whenever he dishonored his father by giving more worth to Satan's words than his father, the glory departed. So dishonor caused the glory to depart. So it began in the garden. So the Lord says, okay, let's just finish it in the garden. So he sent his son to the garden of Gethsemane. And the son said, Father, I don't want to do this. But nevertheless, I honor you. In other words, what he said, by let whatever it is, mm -hmm. this, your cup be my cup. And so then the son caused the glory that we all carry to come through that moment. And so all of us, the enemy has come to try to get us in our own um, deficiencies mm. to put a dishonor on another to lift ourselves up. And we've all done it. But Father now is gracing his body to see. He said in one scripture, don't look at each other after the flesh. Look at each other after the spirit. Mm -hmm. So when we do that, and I, I look at Matt Hobson and I bless everything he's called to do, it unlocks the glory of him. A good example of it is President Trump. For four years now, uh, certain media outlets have done nothing but dishonor him. And all the witches around the world have come together to curse him. Now, what other president has that ever happened to? It's because he carries a glory within him that has something for the unlock the future of our nation. And so that's how come so much dishonor and defaming has been put upon him. Uh, is he perfect? No. But any, is any pastor perfect? No. But yet our job is to honor each other. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what's causing these wheels to turn now. Because you went to Alabama in those pet towns, no agenda, but to honor them right. and, and, and want, want all that they carry to be produced in fullness. Yeah. And so that's what's changing our nation now. And it was uh, shocking for most of these churches, especially in the lower, we call them the Black Belt counties of Alabama, mm -hmm. where we would go and they would say, well, are you going to take up an offering or, you know, we can't afford to pay your band or we can't afford your hotel and to yeah. go with no agenda, yeah. not asking them for any money, not just to go to release what we felt like God was doing. And you could see it almost lift a kind of like a burden off of them of, yeah. wow, you're just here to honor us with the Word of God going yeah. through these 67 counties. Yeah. It was crazy. You know, at the head of the year, it was, I think, last year or the year before, uh, a woman from Arizona, uh, I hate to jump back, but I just thought oh. about it when you were saying it, but a woman from Arizona came forward with a book saying that she had done uh, something similar to what we've done this year in Alabama. Mm. And she was presenting it to Chuck at the head of the year, and he stopped her. And, he, and very respectfully, he said, look, I appreciate what you've done with Arizona but Alabama's got to go first. Mm. And he kind of sent her back to her seat. Mm. And now we've done that. Um, maybe it's just in my own ignorance. I'm not familiar. Can you give us a little bit of history of why is Alaska and Arizona so significant, if you know, with Alabama combined in that trio? Well, first of all, I don't know. But, but, but secondly, Chuck Pierce is a man of God. And if he said these three A states mm -hmm. were connected to go in an order, he, he has seen something uh, far beyond what I've been able to see. But what I have seen since I've been in Alaska, we have the lower 48 mm -hmm. and we have Alaska up here. Now I've noticed a, a certain shroud of darkness over the lower 48. When I went to Alaska, I could see. It's like in the spiritual realm all of a sudden, man, 
it's like I was in another place of seeing. I saw exactly what I was supposed to do that night. The Lord said, you go here, you, you have these people just move in a circle. When I did that, then a guy comes up and said, James, what you just did tonight, because I work with power, is created a planetary year. I had no idea what that was. I had to go look, what, well, what is that? You know what I mean? But then we went to Arizona in Phoenix, but I kept hearing about this place called Miracle Valley, where William Branham and A.A. A. Allen and Jack Cole and, and Catherine Kuhlman, I think they had all released things in that valley. So when Chuck said there's going to be a glory explosion in Alabama, I've, or out Arizona, I felt, man, when we go there and honor mm -hmm. the, the miracles that are already there, what is there? As you go honor that, what is waiting for you to yeah. carry back home? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I believe that's the a, a, a next part of our nation is for the signs and wonders and miracles. And I think as Alabama now is in position, I think now Arizona's going to turn or something, because it's called, I think they call it the greenhouse state. So what's up with that? I mean, in that desert place, yeah. what, why, what is God doing in that? And so I believe though there's a fountain of miracles, of signs and wonders, that, that we all of the body of Christ is going to begin moving in as these wheels start coming into order. Yeah. You know? And then his word was that Alaska will stop the enemy. What in the world is that all about? You mean, <laughs> I don't know, but I want to worship in those places and help those states. Then another one, Utah is the worship state. Okay, well, if it's a worship state, shouldn't all 50 states go there and worship <laughs> to help unlock that state? I believe they should. Yeah. But then if you do that, what do you bring home to your state from the worship state? See, and that's all honor if you, if you stop and look at it. It's honoring what that state carries. As I go honor, and honor that, it unlocks the glory of it so I can bring a portion of it back to the people that need that in my life. Yeah. You mean? That's awesome. Mm -hmm. It is. He's good, ain't he? Yeah, that's powerful. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you you mentioned Chuck Pierce being a man of God. Uh, we consider him a prophet. I mean, yeah. he's definitely a prophet to us, prophet to the body of Christ. Who are some other people that you would say would be a, um, a safe source to prophetically glean from? Or who do you go to when they're speaking? Well, uh, first of all, I want to talk to the ones that are still speaking that aren't breathing breath right now. Because uh, Scripture says, uh, out of our bellies flow living waters. Mm. That, doesn't mean, that means that whenever we pass away, our prophecies don't pass away. They're as alive now as they were when they fell off of their lips because they're eternal. Yeah. So what happens when we, out of honor, come up and grab a hold of eternal word that Bob Jones has spoken, mm -hmm. or John Paul Jackson, or uh, David Wilkerson, or Gwen Shaw, or any of those who've gone before that have, that have stepped up in that eternal realm and they prophesy beyond their breath, mm -hmm. and we step up in an honor into that breath, two things happen. First of all, the honor that we carry unlocks what they carried because there's a scripture that says they're not complete without us. You know, in Hebrews, I think it's chapter mm -hmm. 12, uh, that they're not complete without us. And so uh, that's those prophets I still honor. Now, it, uh, Chuck Pierce, I, 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 I honor Chuck Pierce. I honor uh, uh, Muriel Murillo. You know what I mean? He mm -hmm. speaks, Cindy Jacobs, she speaks words. Uh, Lance Wallenau. I believe he's a prophet. I deeply honor his words. I have a friend of mine, and sadly there are prophets that nobody knows. My friend Ed Watts, God has pulled him out of the sheath for now. 
You mean there's these people that have been in the Word, and it's a Word man. Mm. You know, he knows, uh, and it's these guys that have been in the cave, there's a lot of them in the cave coming out now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so uh, you have to, if, if their words line up with what Father's saying and they, and they prophesy. Now, now, we need to do this too. Sometimes guys prophesy and they miss it. I think in the past when we've missed it, what we've not had enough is people coming up and say, you know, I missed that. You know what I mean? Uh, and so... Uh, I think we yeah. should need to have more accountability in the, yeah. in, in, in the body for those kinds of things. Yeah, know? I've heard Kent say before, a wrong prophet's not a, uh, a false prophet. Right. He was just wrong. He was just wrong. <laughs> we all miss it from time to time. Then I've heard Rick Joyner say, if a guy has a real accurate prophecy, watch the next one. <laughs> you know? So the, the thing is, we're all sons of God. Yeah. And he knows us, and when we fall down, he dusts us off and mm. helps his sons get back up. In one of the previous podcasts we did, Kent did uh, one on spiritual sons and how uh, similar to what you just said about going places and taking uh, your anointing there, but also then your, I'm t even in this podcast, this is yeah. a great example. So I have my own anointing and gifts, yeah. but as you're sharing, I'm connecting with you, so I'm taking your anointing and gifts, and now I, I have some of yours when I go, you have some of mine when you go, and so he was talking about the process or uh, power of a spiritual son, like submitting to a spiritual father and learning and growing and stuff like that. In our service today, you're on assignment here. Maybe I'm wrong, but it felt like you're trying to take us to another place we haven't been before. And uh, not everybody's at that place yet or even knows how to get there. And so you were talking about Ed being taken out of the sheath for this time. You prophesied to this morning about things being unlocked and people's giftings and anointings coming to the surface. What is a good... Because, you know, you can get caught up, or maybe it's just me, in the prophetic part of all of this mm -hmm. and never catch an application. Okay. So I could stay in this prophetic world and never actually take an action step to go do anything, to unlock it. Kind of like today, you gave us some march, flap your arms, raise your hands, you know, whatever it is, you gave a step. Yeah. What would be a good suggestion for somebody that wants to move into that realm of the prophetic, of seeing, of prophesying, of what would you say to somebody that's maybe unfamiliar if they came to the 11 o'clock service today and have never experienced, what could be a good next step for them? Well, uh, I'd like to go back and share something that happened to me years ago. Uh, in 1986, I saw computer art for the first time. And in my heart, I had, you know how it is, you can't tell if it's a still small voice or if it's a nudging or something, but I felt I was supposed to to learn that, all right? Now, that was 1986. It took me until 1994 to buy a computer. <laughs> you understand what yeah. I'm saying? So that's eight years. But I, I got the nudge eight years before. Mm. And then so when I bought the computer, it was a Macintosh and the hard drive was 700 megs. That's how old it was. But had I not been obedient to that nudge or let fear the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy mm. prophetic words especially. I'm known now as a prophetic artist and I have, by God's grace, paintings or images around the world. But had I not been obedient to that nudge or let fear even eight years of it not happening, mm -hmm. uh, not let me proceed with that, my life would not be like it is now. 
Yeah. So that's a part of what you just said. And, and a lot of times, see, I was in a service in Illinois and Chuck Pierce came to prophesy in 2005 and said there's going to be a movement in this state where people are going to go around the border and light fires all around this state. When I was sitting that morning, meeting, I knew I had a, a part of that. Didn't know I would wind up leading it. <laughs> didn't know that when I started around the bottom of the state, I didn't even have relationships around the rest of the state. But as I was just obedient to go to the next city, God began to open the next city up. Mm -hmm. See, it's kind of like you guys did in Alabama. I, I, but what I'm saying to you that in a prophetic meeting like today, I felt something mm -hmm. move in my heart that I had a... And so, um, I'm just giving you a couple examples. Yeah. So if, if people are in a room, uh, they can just move. You follow the yeah. promptings of the heart. You line it up with the Word and you worship the Lord through the gate. Those are three action steps. If you hear something in a meeting or a nudge, mm -hmm. honor it, because honor it unlocks the glory of it, mm. all right? And then make sure it's alignment with the Word and spend time in the Word. That's, that's the answer to everything is you with Him, Him with you. Then you magnify whatever He has you doing that day because it's in preparation for the other day because He don't waste a thing, mm -hmm. amen? So in uh, 2010, I was standing in Washington, D.C., and uh, the Lord spoke to my heart. And he said, you know, this city needs a, a siege laid to it. I opened my guy, I opened my eyes, and the guy next to me, a guy named John Hamill, he said, you know, this city needs a siege laid to it. I'm not the brightest bulb in the box, but we just heard the same thing in the moment. Then I had a lady come up, and, and she had interceded in Washington, D.C. for a long time. She said, you know, the Lord just told me I'm supposed to walk real close to you the next several months or year. And so sometimes your next step is God will, you'll have an encounter in a meeting, and the Lord will send people right next to you to confirm what he just told you. So I'm saying to you it can happen in all different ways, yeah. but honoring what you hear uh, you might not trust it all the way or understand it, mm -hmm. but 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 mark it. Yeah, is that making sense? To yeah, you? I think that's. Have perfect. I answered? Did, did no, I, get, I think did, that's great. I don't want you to say, well, he didn't ever answer the question. <laughs> I, well, I hope I'm trying to. No, I think that's really good yeah, advice. Yeah, so honor whatever it is, big or small, yes. whatever you feel in the service or when it's yes. when a, you're feeling like a prophetic word is happening. Yeah. Line it up with the word of God. Because yeah. it should always line up with the, the Word, word and then worship your way through it. Yeah. And I think that's and, perfect. And, and we, and, and you got to get the how out of here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we always want how. Yeah. How. You know, it, it took, I, I had a prophecy right after I got born again that my artwork was going to go around the world. Mm -hmm. And when I got that prophecy, I was ready for that to happen the next day. It took 25 years. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah. But yet, God is faithful. No, it makes so much sense. See, it's not about us. It says that he's formed us in our mother's womb and all the days ordained for us are already written in the book. That's the ones ordained for us. Now our problem is we go ahead and write some stuff in the book mm -hmm. that he didn't ordain. But then when we come to, see I, got, I went to university when I was 17 years old and they laughed at me, which universities will do. They will want to take and tear you down and rebuild you into their image. Mm -hmm. Now, for us, it's been a Marxist image for some 40, 50 years. That's why come on, kids are so confused now because they've been trained in, in uh, deception. Mm -hmm. um, Nikita Khrushchev in 1961, he said, uh, 
what we will do, America will never accept communism, but they will accept us feeding their leaders socialism a little bit by little bit till they wind up that they have communism. And so that's what we've been. So in the university, they tore me down, and, and I wanted to be like Norman Rockwell. And, but they laughed because they were doing the artwork of, you know, people that were painting a dot on it and all kind of stuff that just, you know, it was weird. Uh, but uh, anyway, so I wind up, though, that my next teacher was an erotic artist. Drew all kind of uh, stuff that was not fit for consumption. But for, but for my 10 years, I became that. And I wound up drawing devils. And I, I gave a, a, an intercessor son who I was smoking pot with. I gave him a picture of a devil. Best thing I ever did. Because his mama said, <laughs> we're not having this. His name's going in the teacup. Because God did not make him for that. We're calling him out of that into what God has for him. So I didn't know they had prayed that prayer. But my world started crumbling. And everything I thought I had together, Father showed me, you don't got nothing together. And so it came to a point where I cried out real. I, I need to know that you're real. And um, so another few stories, but anyway, I walked into a church that had been praying for me, the same people. And uh, it was kind of like Peter's in the house, you know what I mean? Rolled at the door and Peter, Peter, hey, 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 the guy we've been praying for is actually here. Uh, three years later, I became the associate pastor of that church and pastored for 12 years. And uh, wow. God had something else for me to do, which I've been doing now for the last 30 or 25, I don't know. And that's this. You know, that's amazing. So, so he knows how to get your butt where your face is supposed to be. Amen, <laughs> <laughs> hey I love so, that. So, and know, unconventional. You said don't think about the how. I mean, who would have known erotic artwork and a picture of a devil would be your job application? Exactly. To get to, get, get to, to get, pastor this church. To get to pastor this church, yeah. <laughs> that's Amen. A, that's really good. So uh, no matter what, and you want, your, your mess is your ministry. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's yeah. got a plan for you. And so whoever's watching this, I bless his plan for you. Mm. I bless his plan for you to see and uh, just be visited as we're, as we're talking now for the next step. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, and if so if you've watched this podcast today or if you're listening to it, first, thank you so much. James James was with us today at our church, Word Alive International Outreach here in Oxford, Alabama. For two services, we pretty much drained you, uh, both services, so we certainly appreciate that. Um, after coming from David's tent where you were doing worship all night last night, so... Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for sharing your testimony. I've never heard it. So that was awesome at the end to hear how this all got started. And if you are watching today, let's practice what you just taught us, which is if there's anything in this podcast that connected with your spirit or you heard the Father say or you feel prompted, then honor that yeah. small word today and line it up with the Word of God and let's worship our way through it and see where it takes us. Or if you've given up on a promise mm. because it seems like it's been a long time, dust it off. And I'd like to say one more thing you just Please. brought up. When we're, uh, it, it, when we're in a meeting, uh, these days I'm asking, what is the room seeing? Mm. Because there'll be somebody in a room that'll have something and they're holding it in their heart. Mm. But then when you ask them and they bring it out, it's not just one person holding it anymore. There are a hundred or five hundred people, whatever it is, 
that can add their agreement to mm -hmm. that word. Mm -hmm. And so that word then explodes because of, and so if you're in a meeting and, and somebody asks you, do you have anything, and your heart's kind of thumping because you're not used to this, these are the hours that you need to go ahead and, and, and let God use you yeah. because he wants to show you something. And it's usually the people that don't ever speak got the greatest revelation of what he's saying in the room. <laughs> That's so true. You know what I'm but again, when we honor that word, then it explodes, and so we can all own it in honor. Yeah. And then angels can come, and out of that honor, they can go and do what they want to do in the land with that word. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, so I just felt, for some reason, at the end, God wanted that. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank, you. thank you for watching today or listening and be on the lookout for Arizona and Alaska and what's about to happen because undoubtedly something is shifting as these gears are turning. So yeah. thanks for tuning in to the Kent Maddox podcast. What I've been thinking is what he calls it, by the way. So every week we come down here and he says, this is what I've been thinking. Yeah. And then we kind of go from there. So he didn't get to join us today. He certainly missed out because this was awesome. So thank you for taking your time with us. And here's what I've been thinking. Matt, you are one good son of God, and you serve here. When I saw you in Lauderdale, when Kent got sick and couldn't make it, you did an excellent job then, and every time I see you, you do an excellent job. You, you carry a ministry of excellence, and there's a presence around you that make people feel not afraid, but uh, they feel comfortable that they can help, uh, actually uh, just release who they are because of, of, the, of the way you make them feel. So I honor you for that and, and care what you carry. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank well, you. I just honor Kent and Beverly. I mean, I know you do. I came here in 2012, 2011. We met Kent and Bev on a mission trip. Just, I don't know if you know this whole story. I don't. In Honduras. And so Holly and I had read a book, Radical, by Jane, um, uh, David Platt. And on the back of the book, it said, within the next year, take a mission trip out of the United States. Well, it was getting close to the end of the year, and Holly is a, we've got to do all the steps. Uh -huh. And so I didn't know who to call about a mission trip, but my friend's father had been on one. So I called him, and he connected us with an Assembly of God pastor in lower Alabama. And they ended up saying, they're going to go to Honduras. Would we like to go? And Holly and I go meet 23 people we've never met before in Atlanta and end up in Honduras on a mission trip. On that trip, separately, Kent and Beverly were there, not for part of our trip, but we connected with them while he was doing a crusade. And when we came back, it was a couple years later where I was on the way. I was in sales for several years, all my life pretty much. And um, we were visiting the church here, and on a Sunday night, they invited us to come to a Benny Hinn meeting. And the only thing I had known about him was the videos where people made fun of him and stuff. So I didn't know what to expect. We came from our vacation and drove straight here. And they have a seat saved on the stage with mm -hmm. him. And so it's just larger than life. And at some point he says, because you were talking about, what made you think about this? So I'm sorry I'm rambling. But you were talking about the dust off your promise. Mm -hmm. um, we were sitting on the stage and he said, I want you to sow a seed of $1,000 to a dream you've had, to a promise you felt like God's told you that hasn't happened. And he shared his testimony and some stuff, and um, Holly's elbowing me saying, let's go down front. Well, it shocked me more that she wanted to give $1,000. So I didn't know what to do, but I just said, okay, and we went down front, 
and he prayed for us, and that was Sunday night. And we got home, I asked her what it is that you wrote on the card, because he said, write a dream that you want God to answer. And she said, it's for you to be in full-time ministry. Wow. And because up until that point, we had never done it because she was afraid we wouldn't be able to make enough money yeah. and all these other reasons. That was Sunday night. On Monday, I'm on the way to a business meeting, and Kent calls me and asks me to come up here to have lunch with him, to quit my job, to sell my house, and to move and come on staff here and go into full-time ministry. Wow. What year was that? That was 2014. 2014. So... But that was years. I mean, you think yeah. about that all those years ago. You're talking about promises being yeah. answered and yeah. acting on those things. Yes. Because we got in the car after that lunch, and Holly said, let's do it. And I'm like, I said, well, I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was happy doing what I was doing. Yeah. It's like you and your artwork and everything else. Like, it just wasn't the timing. But, yeah. uh, but we felt that prompting and acted on it yes. and have been around the world. So thank you for honoring me. But... It's, it's really Kent and Beverly because, I, I mean, I, I've got a horrible testimony of past and yeah. uh, for them well, to allow me to even be part of their church, much less minister, and then to a good father, isn't equip it? you as a son and let you go do stuff is pretty awesome. You know what I liked about Kent? Many things. But in this, I'd never been to your service before, but he's the most enthusiastic <laughs> worshiper in the yes, whole world. Yes, he is. You know what I'm saying? He is. Uh, there's so many things. Uh, uh, him and I have just connected, and it's, and I love what's happening with our connection. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying with Kent and Maddox. Yeah. And, and I don't know Beverly very well. I, I, I the the thing I, I I hugged her today, but my all I know Beverly before when I was at Chuck's years ago, she talked about how she laid on the hood of her son's car mm -hmm. going out on a date. I said, yep, that's the kind of person you want praying for you right there. It's that, true. That, that woman right there. It doesn't matter where you're going either. She still says the same prayer. Even if she's going on a trip with us, we'll yeah. all get in the car and she'll yeah. say, hedge of protection and wall of fire, and she'll start praying right away. Yeah. So that's yeah. true. Well, it's an honor to be here at this house. Thank you. With you and with Kent and Beverly. Thank you so much. With everybody else. My brother here too. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Owens, our media guy, oh, behind the scenes. I so. love him. So <laughs> check out James Nesbitt. Look up his artwork. Look up uh, his life. Will we find any of your old art back in there? Uh, in my... Um, How far back? Oh. <laughs> no, we'll see what happens whenever I, when I got born again. I burned them. And I had a big four foot by eight painting that I painted out with a, a brush. Because I said that's not what's going to represent me in the earth. Wow. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, dust off your promises. Yeah. Amen. They're coming. Yeah. Thank you so much, James. Bless you. Bless you.